Duclair, Ekblad, they're set up now. Ekblad walks in, wrist shot, score! Aaron Ekblad, Norris Trophy candidate. Welcome to Project Panthers, a weekly podcast discussing your Florida Panthers. Now, here's your host, Brunswick. What a week, what a week, what a week. I am your host, Brunswick. The show is Project Panthers, and oh, baby. What a week it's been in Panthers territory. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you found me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform out there on the World Wide Web by searching Project Panthers. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Proj Panthers. That's P-R-O-J Panthers. On Instagram by searching Project Panthers Pod, and on Facebook by searching Project Panthers. Remember to send your questions, comments, queries, complaints, or whatever else to Project Panthers Pod at gmail.com. The cats are back from their extended break and looking to continue the success they had over the last month. Plus, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning, well, they're hot on their tail as all three teams jostle for first place in the Atlantic Division and home ice throughout the Eastern Conference side of the playoffs is on the line. The Panthers, though, they're probably, they're up to the challenge. They are. But did the long layoff have the same effects as it has had with the past Florida Panthers teams? Well, their record at the end of the week sits at 35-10-5, so let's see how we got there. And yes, the Florida Panthers were finally back in action after over a two-week layoff, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh at the PNC Arena, a potential Final Four meeting that we could see later on this season. But for now, still plenty of regular season left to go, so we'll have to wait and see on that. The Canes played four games while the Cats were off, so you'd expect the Panthers to be much rustier than Carolina to start. Panthers reactivating Patrick Hornquist and uh, Uo Levy from the IR, as well as Noel Chari finally getting uh, activated, but not quite back in the lineup just yet for this one. Uh, seems they want to ease him in after such a long layoff after his surgery. Joe Thornton moves to the IR, joining Maxim Mammon and Marcus Nudivara on the injured reserve. Interim head coach Andrew Brunette going with Sergei Bobrovsky in net with Spencer Knight still down in the AHL uh, with the Charlotte Checkers where he's been putting up some pretty stellar numbers after a bit of a rocky start down there. Kane's counter with the surprising Frederick Anderson. The former Maple Leaf has is having a Vesna caliber season. He's putting up a pretty pretty great number. He's got a 2.04 goals against average and a 9.29 save percentage in 33 starts this season going into this game. So uh, as of right now, he is the favorite as it stands to take home the best goalie hardware this season, I would say. Uh, Panthers do not show any signs of rust, though, as I mentioned, the rust aspect of being off for two weeks plus. Um, they don't got it, though, because they uh, they start off quickly with uh, running quick shifts and sort of doing their best to get everyone involved in the game as quickly as possible. Panthers get the first couple of decent chances with Huberto getting a shot off a turnover and Verhage putting a puck over the net on a three-on-two play. The effort from the Panthers results in the Hurricanes taking an early tripping penalty. Cats power play sitting at 21% on the year, good for 14th in the league coming to this game. And that percentage will drop just a little lower as Florida does fail to generate much of anything uh, in the Hurricanes zone during the man advantage. 
But the game does open up a bit after the power play later on in the first when the teams get to play some four-on-four. Carolina really bringing the physicality and the Panthers. They are there a match at a little more than 10 minutes into this one. There's a line scuffle as both teams get under each other's skin. A real playoff atmosphere in this game. The crowd was really into it. Lots of uh, lots of chirping the refs, lots of chanting, lots of uh, lots of action. It felt it felt good. It felt like a really great atmosphere that building. A surprising result uh, of the scrum though, um, as the Panthers do find themselves uh, down two men for a full two minutes um, after both Hornquist and Lomberg go to the go to the box without a single cane doing so on their side. A little bit weird, I would say. I can't remember the last time I've seen a scrum like that between two teams and only one team takes two penalties to go down five on three. Pretty weird. But the boys, they came to play in this one and everyone, they stepped up big time to kill this one off. Most importantly, your most important penalty killer, Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, He makes his presence felt in this game with a couple of great stops in front to kill the full five on three. Pretty impressive job by the penalty killing crew to, uh, to get this done. Cats get a power play just moments later when uh, Marchman's stick gets slashed. So the Cats look and counter on the momentum quickly, but they do not even get a single shot uh, on the power play. So that game remains tied 0-0. But there is still plenty of action at both ends in the last minute of the period. With the Canes, they get some pressure on the Cats after Ekblad's stick breaks. Tuevo Teravainen picks up a puck and spins around to beat Bobrovsky 5-hole for a 1-0 lead. Not a great attempt from Bob on this play. Um... He clearly wasn't paying attention, I would say, on the play. He was completely caught off guard with his blade angled up, and that allowed the puck to shoot up into the net. Kind of rough, kind of rough from Bob. I think uh, having your stick flat on the ice in a situation like that when the puck's around your net, it's kind of goaltending 101. But Bob, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he was paying attention. He had his stick blade angled up, and first stanza ends with the Carolina Hurricanes up 1-0. The intensity does pick up right away, uh, right where it left off and to start the second period. Both teams generating chances, and the tempo is pretty high, but not a lot of shots for both teams. Kind of missing the net. There are a little bit of odd man rushes, but teams just not capitalizing. Lucas, Lucas Carlson does make an incredible stick save um, during a little scrum in front of the Panthers' net. The puck gets behind Bob, but uh, Lucas Carlson dives in, makes an incredible stop. The puck bounces in the air, somehow manages to stay out of the net. This is a highlight you're going to see for a while. Um, pretty incredible stop from Carlson. I would say save of the year candidate, honestly. It really was. It was that crazy. Um, but nothing to show for it on the scoreboard from either side. Uh, on that chance, Cats get a power play midway through the period, but the Hurricanes continue to stifle the Panthers, completely giving them absolutely no space to work with. And they kill it off once again. Panthers power play failing failing to get it done. Carolina really impressive on the penalty kill in this game. Just all over the Panthers, not giving them any time to work at all. But have no fear because El Capitan is here. Alexander Barkov comes into the Carolina zone all alone. He makes an incredible, incredible little behind-the-back drag to, to get around Brady Shea. Makes him look absolutely silly in the process. Just ridiculous. He gathers the puck on his backhand. He gets it underneath Anderson's pad to tie the game at one. Uh, you know, listen, Anderson maybe wanted this one back, but this was another stunning goal from Barkov in the season. His 22nd goal of the year. The Cats are right back in it, tied at one. Florida, though, they take a late penalty, but they do manage to kill it off. The best chance going to Barkov, actually, on a partial break, and the period ends tied at one. 
Lots and lots of penalties in this one. Refs killing the flow of what could really be an exciting game. Like I said earlier, the crowd really into this one, but so many stoppages in play. A lot of not, a lot of neutral zone play. Teams trying to figure each other out because of all the penalties, just not taking the chances. And, and they're battling, but, you know, there's physicality, but the refs are not really letting them play. I get it. Still regular season. But, you know, I think fans were sort of... Uh, robbed of a even better quality game than the one we ended up seeing through this one anyways uh similar gameplay to start the third but a few minutes into the canes uh, in, into the period the canes they get some sustained pressure when tony d'angelo he throws a puck on net from the point it bounces off gustav's forcing forcing skate finds a way through bobrovsky for the 2-1 lead a fortuitous bounce for the hurricanes results in a tough break for the panthers but we've seen the canes make a strategy out of uh taking point shots and hoping for bounces going to go against the Cats' way, and that's that's just what happens. Carolina is very capable of deflections in front of the net, and they know Florida struggles with handling the mayhem in front of their own goal. This is a clear sign of that. It is what it is. Carolina up 2-1, but they're, and they're also doing a great job of standing up at their own blue line in this game and challenging the Panthers to beat them to a foot race in, on a dumped-in puck making it really difficult for the Panthers to get any sustained pressure or generate any chances off the rush, which is where the Panthers are the most dangerous this season. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed by Rob Brindamore at this point of the game, but the Panthers, they really pick up their pace. And near the end of the period, the Canes start to sit back and try to hang on to the lead, really weren't trying to pressure getting shots, weren't sort of just wanted to sit on the 2-1 lead, trust Anderson, trust in the process, and let that kind of play out. But... It's not, that's not always the best strategy to have against a team like the Panthers. The Cats, they do pull Bobrovsky with a little over two minutes to go. And after not much going on, the Canes failing to score on an empty net. The third line gets out there, this third line. Uyghur, he throws a puck on net. Reinhardt is there to pick up the loose puck. He snipes it past an out-of-position Anderson to tie the game at two. Another incredible comeback from this group. This game is headed to overtime. And just seconds into OT, this was okay. Listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. I was watching this game on TNT. It was a national broadcast, and for some reason, the broadcast decided to go to the Colorado and Las Vegas game where Jack Eichel was playing his first game as a Golden Knight. So they opted to show that face-off first. For some reason. And in the process, they ended up cutting off the beginning of OT between Carolina and Florida, and we were seconds away from missing, well, missing Jonathan Huberto throwing a gorgeous saucer pass to Aaron Ekblad. And he walks in all alone, sort of shimmies a little bit, fakes the forehand, goes backhand, Anderson gets just a little piece of it with his blocker, but it's not enough. Ekblad has got his 11th goal this season. The Cats, the comeback Cats, they're back and winning again. A huge victory over the Canes. Coming from such a long break, the Canes, they they get punished for trying to sit on a lead. It's a great effort by the Panthers to stick to their game plan and get it done late. They looked like the better team in the majority of this night. I would say for sure they were they were the better team. And Carolina didn't really have an answer for a lot of things other than the power plays that they had. One of their goals was, both of their goals were sort of 
lucky fortuitous situations one Bob wasn't paying attention to and one was a deflection, right? The Panthers, much better team. They looked just a lot more solid. And thank God TNT went to the game just in time for us to see the goal because, oh, Lord, am I ever thankful that I got to see Jack Eichel's face first face off with the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank goodness we got to see that, right? Cats right back in action on Friday night against the surprising Minnesota Wild. Wild, the second best team in the West and have been damn near unbeatable on home ice this season. Interim head coach Andrew Burnett electing to go with the same lineup as the Wednesday night victory over the Hurricanes with one little change. Noel Achari, cookie. Yes, finally, he gets back into the lineup. His first game of the season after surgery that he had during the preseason. Burnett also opting to stick with Sergei Bobrovsky in goal for this one. The Wild countering with another surprise, Cam Talbot, who's having a great season uh, in Minnesota. Game gets off to a very favorable start for the Wild. They played a poor game in Winnipeg on Wednesday, and they they looked ready to play at puck drop in this one. As a result, the Panthers take a couple of penalties within the first half of the period, and this isn't the Minnesota Wild of yesteryear. These guys can score goals, and one of their best at it is sophomore Kirill Kaprizov. After killing off the first penalty, Gudis goes into the box for a few, a few minutes later, and the aforementioned Kaprizov takes advantage when he one-times a Jared Spurgeon pass from extremely far away, uh, basically right at the blue line. Kaprizov was by, his, by the Panthers' net. Somehow, Spurgeon got the pass to him, gets the goal. Wild take the one nothing lead on his 23rd of the season. Not much the Panthers' defense could do on this one. Just a beautiful pass made. By Spurgeon and Kaprizov benefiting from being the extra man on the ice during a power play. That's funny how that works. Uh, at one point, the Wild were actually leading the shot, to- shot totals 8-2, to two, but as we've seen countless times this season, that does absolutely nothing to phase the Panthers. The third line gets to work, and Mason Marchman steals the puck from the Wild behind their own net and quickly wraps it around and gets it past Talbot for his ninth goal of the season. We are all tied up at one, and just two minutes and 27 seconds later, Mason Marchman striking again. This time, Sam Reinhart wins a battle in the corner, feeds a streaking Lund, Anton Lundell, who has way more space than he should in the Wild zone. He slides a backhand over to an also wide-open Marchman, and he snipes it home for his second goal in two minutes and 27 seconds. The Panthers suddenly have a 2-1 lead. A gorgeous goal by this not really, can't really call them third line anymore, more of like a second line, third line. The chemistry between these guys, it could be weight on a scale at this point. I mean, it's tangible in your hand. It's incredible stuff. Cats, they get a chance to pad the lead later in the first with a power play, but the Wild flex their PK muscles and kill it off easily to end the opening 20 minutes down just a goal. Panthers start the second much like they finished the first with good sustained pressure in the wild zone, leading to a couple of great chances off the bat that that Cam Talbot turns away. The Wild come back with some chances of their own, but Wild makes but Bob makes a couple of monstrous saves. Wild makes a couple of saves. Bob makes a couple of monstrous saves on the Wild, including a stop on Kevin Fiala um, diving across to make the toe stop to keep the lead for his teammates. Uh, the Wild get a power play out of their chance out of these chances, but they fail to score on their fourth man advantage of the night. A little bit of power play trouble for the Panthers in this one. After a TV timeout, head coach Andrew Brunette loads up the top line with Huberto and Barkov, and it pays off big time when Huberto just just fails to stuff home a chance at the side of the wild net um, off of an Ekblad shot, but he sticks with the puck. He gets it out in front to a free and clear Anthony Duclair, and he 
buries his 20th goal of the season to give the Panthers the 3-1 lead. Huberto gets his league-leading 50th assist of the season, third time in his career that he has hit that mark. Panthers, they take their fifth penalty of the game, but again, they manage to kill it off despite a couple of chances for the Wild. So after giving up that early power play goal, you know, the, the Panthers are stepping up and getting it done shorthanded. Not generating much five-on-five five as the Panthers are, are the Wild, but as the Panthers are stifling them. But taking this many, this many penalties will catch up to you eventually from a Panthers perspective. You can't be doing this. I mean, sure, they their penalty killing is on right now, but not a sustainable... Uh, strategy to take the spending penalties in a game it never is just 30 seconds into the third period though mason marchman draws his second penalty of the game and that gives a chance to the cats the chance to pad their lead even more and pad their lead they do cats get set up in their umbrella formation and eggblad simply walks in rips a wrister through cam talbot a really heavy shot from him his second goal in as many games 4-1 panthers wild get one back just 10 seconds into their sixth power play like I told you, you take penalties, it's going to cost you. Um, their sixth power play of the evening, they take advantage of it. They cut the lead to two. I mean, this power play was a result of Verhage retaliating after Hartman. He threw a big, Ryan Hartman threw a big hit on Anthony Duclair that caused him to go to the dressing room. I think Duke just had the wind knocked out of him because he came back. The hit seemed pretty clean, but Verhage, he stepped in and, and took the penalty. I can't really blame him for it. But the goal does prompt the Wild to, for some strange reason, pull their goalie with just over seven minutes left in this game, taking a real chance to get this game back in reach. But I was I was really puzzled by this because, you know, you just scored a goal and you've got momentum. It's only 4-2. You get another one back in the next few minutes and it's, you know, a one-goal game down the stretch in the final minutes when you pull your goalie. Why give the empty net right now? You really got to trust that group of six guys you're putting out there to to stop any real chances. But they don't because Mackenzie Weger scoops a puck from the wild defenders at their own line. Carter Verhage takes his pass and slides it into the empty net. It restores the three-goal lead for the Panthers, and it's 5-2. to two. And for some reason, the wild continue to elect to keep their net empty. I guess at this point, you're might as well double or nothing, right? Mason Marchman is the benefactor this time because right off the faceoff, he steps up, finds the back of the net from center ice, and that's his first career NHL hat trick for Mr. Mason Marchman. Wild, just letting the Cats pad their stats at this point. Marchman now up to nine goals and six assists in his last seven games played. Damn. 6 2 Panthers is your final. Cats coming out of the break on fire with two huge wins against a couple of the NHL's best. A great all-around effort by the team in this one. Lucas Carlson also had one of his best games of the season and continues to improve every night, I think, personally. Short of the first 10 minutes or so when the Wild came out with the, with more purpose, the Panthers really controlled the game. Minnesota can score goals, and other than their power play opportunities, they really weren't dangerous 5-on-5. Five five. Bobrovsky came up big when called upon, and they cruised to the easy victory. Panthers playing a matinee game on Sunday against the Blackhawks. Chicago's a team that we saw a ton of last season. So they were part of the Central Division along with the Florida Panthers during the COVID season last year. Same lineup from Andrew Burnett as the game against the Wild on Friday. Nolachari staying in the lineup as well as defenseman Lucas Carlson. Sergei Bobrovsky also back in net for this one. The Blackhawks countering with Marc-Andre Fleury between the pipes. Former Panthers first-round draft pick. Henrik Borgstrom in the lineup for the Blackhawks as well. He was actually part of the deal that brought 
defenseman Lucas Carlson to the Panthers, traded alongside Riley Stillman and Brett Connolly to the Blackhawks. Owen Tippett still in the press box for this one, really struggling to find a home in the lineup this season, unfortunately. Cats come out strong with this in this one. Verhege getting a breakaway less than a minute in, but Fleury, he's there, makes a big pad save to, to, to deny the opportunity. Mason Marchman, he takes an offensive zone penalty not long after that scoring chance. But the Panthers, they do manage to kill it off with the best scoring chance in those two minutes going to Alexander Barkov and Anton Lindell on a little mini two-on-one that they failed to convert. Gudis and Hagel, they get into it a bit, so that leads to the teams playing some four-on-four hockey, but nothing comes of that as well. Despite the breakaway to start the game for the Panthers, the Blackhawks are the much more active team in the first 10 minutes or so, cycling the puck well between point men attempting to get shots through. Strategy we've seen other teams implement against the Panthers. We saw Carolina doing that earlier this week. Uh, Chicago, they like to activate their defense in the attack, much like the Panthers, and maybe they're not as offensively gifted as the Panthers are, but they, they like to do it a lot. It's it's a clear s- element of their strategy uh, as, a, as an offense. Um, and the Cats, they struggle to adjust to that a little bit. They they don't handle plays in front of that very well. We've, we've talked about this. I talked about it in the Carolina game. Fortunately for the Panthers, though, as I said, the Blackhawks, they just don't have that offense. They're not dripping with weapons right now. Alex DeBrincat, he's, he's having a great season for the Hawks, I will say. He's sitting at 29 goals, another great year from him. But that's more than twice as much as the next guy in the Hawks. So scoring does not come easily for this group. Despite leading in shots 8-2, to two, the Panthers get goal number one of this game. With just over three minutes to go in the first period when Sam Reinhart gathers a puck in the Chicago zone. After some sustained pressure from the Lundell line, he shoots a total laser across the ice to Aaron Ekblad, who's skating a beeline towards the net. Ekblad proceeds to one-time the pass and blast it past Flurry for the 1-0 Panthers lead. Three goals in three games for Aaron Ekblad. But with just over 30 seconds to go in the initial stands, the Panthers, they fail to clear the puck when Sam Reinhart makes a mistake at his own blue line. Patrick Kane picks it up on the side of the net and gets it through Bobrovsky from a terrible angle. An almost identical goal to the one he scored to clinch the Blackhawks Stanley Cup all those years ago in 2010 against the Flyers, if if you remember what I'm talking about. And I, I, I can't believe that that's almost 12 years ago. Holy shit. Wow. Where does the time go? Anyway, period ends 1-1. Cats are fortunate considering shots sit at 11-3 in favor of the Blackhawks after 20 minutes. So Panthers lucky to get out of that tide. Uh, Panthers, they do look a little bit better to start the second period. Get a couple of chances in the first few minutes before Brunette. He tries his magic combo again, and Joe Bluth would be proud with this magic show as Huberto finds Barkov in the neutral zone. He crosses the Chicago blue line and drops a slick little pass to Brandon Montour, who whips, who rips a wicked wrister just over the, uh, Shoulder of Marc-Andre Fleury completely freezing him on the play. Panthers lead 2-1 on Montour's fifth goal of the season. Hawks up the pressure after the Panthers goal, and this results in Bob having to make a couple of big saves before Mason Marchman takes his second minor penalty of the game, giving the Blackhawks their second power play of the afternoon. Another careless penalty here. Panthers need to stop giving up these opportunities, but lucky for Marchman, they do a relatively good job with strong efforts from Lundell and Lomberg. Helps get the Cats through the two minutes infraction. Brunette continuing to shuffle the lines, leaving Barkley and Huberto together with Duclair on the top line, uh, choosing to go with Verhage and Bennett as a pseudo second line, but keeps the Lundell line intact. 
And on one of their shifts, very late in the second period, Mason Marchman takes a big hit from Calvin DeHaan that Sam Reinhardt takes exception to, and he jumps in and drops the gloves with DeHaan immediately. Reinhardt definitely got the better of this one, just absolutely feeding DeHaan his fists and walking away with the convincing victory in his first career NHL fight. We go to the third period with the Panthers up 2-1 and not even a minute into the third this third period. Verhage gets a puck in front to Mackenzie Wieger and his heavy shot trickles through Flurry, gives the Panthers the 3-1 lead. And much like the Minnesota game, the Panthers extend their lead early in the third period. And as we've seen with this Panthers offense this season, padding their lead is all part of their M.O. The top line getting it done again with Huberto gaining the line on a Barkov dump and he finds Ekblad who makes a cheeky little backhand feed over to Duclair and he one times a blast in to make it 4-1. Or does he? Yeah, yeah. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know, you know what that means. Yes, you know. Chicago challenges the play. Uh, replay determined Huberto was indeed offside. Like His left skate was just a little bit past the line. But enough to call it back. The game remains 3-1. to one. The Blackhawks, they draw another penalty midway through the third period. This time, Gudis joining Mason Marchman in taking his second minor penalty of the game. With barely a second left in the power play, defenseman Caleb Jones picks up a puck from the bad angle. He throws it on net. It finds its way under Bobrovsky's left pad. Gets past him to cut the lead to one. And folks, we got ourselves a hockey game after it could have been just 4-1 minutes before. It could have been. Eh. It isn't. Another bad angle shot beating Bob, by the way. Uh, we've seen a few of these on the road trip. And there was one earlier in this game. He's going to need to tighten that up down the stretch. But he does. He does indeed tighten that up as the game progresses and finishes off. The Blackhawks were coming on strong. They really were. That goal kind of ignited them. And Bobrovsky was forced to make a couple of really big saves to preserve the lead. Chicago, they, they choose to... Pull Flurry a lot later than Minnesota did on Friday. Uh, with just about two minutes to go, they, they pull Flurry, but almost immediately Barkov uh, takes advantage after a nice little slick pass in the neutral zone. He gets wide open, walks in on a breakaway. Lundell, not long after, shoots from the middle of the ice, both getting empty netters. Uh, in a game that was ser- eerily similar to the win on Friday over the Wild, the Panthers close off the road trip. Uh, 3-0-0 after the 5-2 victory over the Blackhawks. The Panthers improve, improve to... 25-0-0 in leading after two periods this season. Crazy statistic. Great all-around effort by this group. Again, not getting discouraged by the slow start and lack of shots in offense at the beginning. And once again, they putting up the, putting up the goals they need to and, and getting the stops they needed to cruise to victory. What can I say after that road trip? Honestly, it was great three games against three solid teams. Brandon Montour said in the game after Chicago, it was... Three, going 3-0-0 three against these three good teams in their barns. Nothing to uh, shake a finger at. It's very impressive. And this team's struggles on the road were documented on this podcast to start the season. They, at one point, they were sitting at 4-4-5 on the road. And now they're 12-7-5. A much improved road record. You love to see that from this team. Noticing their faults and, and recognizing them and improving them. It's the signs of a good team. But that's the show for this week. A short, shorter one this week. Only a few games. Thank you for joining me. I am Brunswick. Um, this has been an ep- another episode of Project Panthers. But I, you know what? Just really quickly. One, one thing that it concerned me. I talked about a little bit about it throughout the show. But the penalty troubles that the Panthers run into. We saw it in all three games this week. And that is something that they absolutely need to clean up moving forward. 
We saw that kind of an... Uh, we saw what kind of an effect special teams can have on a playoff series. And uh, I've preached it multiple times on this podcast, if you've been a listener for a long time. Tampa had a clear advantage on the power play last year. And if you ask me, that played a huge role in them pushing past the Panthers in round one of last season's playoffs. We've seen the Panthers special teams this year. And unless Zito does something drastic to significantly improve both the power play and the penalty kill, for now, the Panthers will need to overcome their middle-of-the-pack special teams come playoff time. It'll be interesting to see how they respond the rest of the season as you can see Andrew Burnett's visible frustration with the Panthers' lack of discipline in the Chicago game. Yeah, listen, I get it. All three wins this week were huge. And they played great for about 165 of 180 of those road minutes. But you cannot ignore things like this. You can't. They will catch up to you. They will. Cats are back in action on Tuesday against the Nashville Predators to kick off a five-game homestand back in Sunrise at the Florida Live Arena. I'm hoping to see Spencer Knight back in net this week, get a little bit of action, and maybe we get a trade from old GM general manager man Bill Zito. Bill Zito on the phones. We'll see. We'll see. Go, Cats, go. I am Brunswick. Have a week. <laughs>